Kia ora. This program is brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Get your voice heard. Hello everyone, you are listening to Voice of Aroha. We have another amazing guest coming to join us in this episode and we will talk about a very special topic. Before I go to the topic and introducing you to the guest, I would like also to welcome to the team members who are hosting with me, co-hosting this episode with me. Juan, how are you today, Juan? Hello everyone, good, good. Thank you so much. That's great, Juan, to have you. And also, we have also another co-host with us. Harata, how are you? Very good. Thank you so much for asking. I'm very excited to introduce today. That's great. You guys exciting to host this episode? That's yeah, awesome. should be fun. Okay, let's introduce our amazing and special guest for today's episodes, who is Professor Graham Likro. Professor, how are you doing? Good everyone. Uh, thank you for the invite, and I'm looking forward to this interview. That's awesome. Thank you so much. It's our honor and um, for your time giving us to be in us with this show and interviewing you. And when we go to talk about vaccination and COVID-19, how is this topic for you so far? You not get bored from talking about it? Uh, no, actually, it's been a lifelong passion. Um, because it really involves the immune system and it's our best protection against so many things. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I work, I'm work at the Institute, the Mulligan Institute, and we totally specialize in understanding the immune system and how the immune system can make us healthy and better. And of course, we know that sometimes the immune system goes wrong, causes mm-hmm. asthma, allergy, might have heard of Crohn's disease or ulcerative gut health issues or And um, we just don't know what's going on. So it's a really important and very rewarding area of research, of medical research, to try and make people better. And if you ask me personally, why am I interested in this? Um, I suppose many years ago when I was a little, little, little boy, I went, traveled around the world with my parents, and we lived in Singapore. When Singapore was not the clean, shiny place it is now, there was many diseases. And I remember being struck by these people with polio, I got parasites, I got hookworm or, and things like that. And I really was aware just how much, you know, I got fascinated with how you could protect yourself with vaccination and things like that. 
So I've lived in different parts of the world, in America and Switzerland, always working on how to make better vaccines against cancer, infectious diseases, things like that. And you meet so many good people, all with the same mission, to try and make people's lives better. This is awesome that it's come from a living experience and a passion together. Yeah, so. absolutely. And, and we're all the same. You know, mm -hmm. some of us speak faster than others, but uh, some people, we just really devote ourselves to understanding how this part of our body, which is really a new discipline called immunology, how does it work? How can we make it better? Why does it go wrong? Can we make it, use it to fight cancer and things like that? Uh -huh. That's awesome. So, Professor, um, I received your bio and we'll read a little bit about the audience who to know a little bit more about you, who we are talking to here. So, the Professor Graham Lee Groh, he is a leading immunologist and director of chief executive of the Malagan Institute, which is we will ask him now more about what is the Malagan Institute they do. And also, he is the lead, it is allergic and parasitic diseases program, if I pronounce it correctly. Also program director of Vaccine Alliance Otero New Zealand, or Kupero Hoketo, if I pronounce it also this, a multi-institutional team focused on building New Zealand's capability and platforms for vaccine development to meet the current and future demands of infectious disease th threats. Professor, we are so glad to have someone like you here. I think this is the right person to talk and ask all the questions that we have from the communities that we bring with us for today. So to go more and the people who are listening to us, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and about the Malagan Institute? Okay. So um, born in Blenheim, just, just across the ocean, just across the Cook Strait there, grew up there, but... Um, with my family, we traveled around the world a little bit. And so I had a great deal of experience of living in small places, country schools, um, in Singapore, as I mentioned, and it's given me a sort of worldly experience. But um, really, uh, I've been fascinated always with science and understanding how to use science, understand biology. And, and, and that's me. And we'll leave it at that because what's really important is what the Institute is, which is an institute of about 130 people we all work here full time. We don't do any teaching, maybe PhD students and a few master's students, but that's all we do. But we dedicate ourselves to making discoveries to make either better drugs or usually tune the immune system of our bodies to make them healthy, to make vaccines and to try and find vaccines and therapies that treat cancer and infectious diseases like COVID-19. And it's really fun because not only do we have 130 people here, in Wellington on the Kelvin campus. Um, we actually have a big international group of friends and colleagues, and we all sort of walk, work together and talk to each other. So you have a great big family and it's, it's really nice as a scientist, as an immunologist. Um, it's, a tough, it's a tough career though, because the money that we get, it's, it's very soft. We say that we're always fighting for money. I'm always playing my violin, talking stories about please, please, please give us money. It's like, like an artist. So we don't do the teaching and work for the university. We actually have to sing for our supper with our good science and our potential for making discoveries. So, but it's a good life. That, that's awesome to hear. And yeah, I think 
that balance sounds is very important at this stage. I think the world have noticed that. So I hope that sounds to be smooth in the government agencies and can really support that music. Thank you, Graham. And Juan, would you love to go for your questions? Hi, Professor. Thank you so much for joining us today. I do, I do have some questions um, that related to COVID-19, but hopefully it won't be too much. Uh, so, but the, the questions are quite, quite a bit connected together. Yep. So the, my principal questions would be about, about the booster. Uh, we've been seeing, seeing a lot of uh, advertisement, a lot of work and media suggesting people to get a booster. I guess my question would be, is it, my question here would be, is the booster really important? And if it is that important, is there any side effects found, found so far or not, or not yet? Very good question. Very good question, Juan, and I'm glad you've asked it. So the booster is not different from the other one and two vaccinations. It's the same material. It's exactly the same. The reason why it's called a booster is because when you make a vaccine immune response in someone, you've got to get the immune system running, getting it going with the first two shots. And then you wait a period of time. It can be up to six months. And that lets the immune system of your body calm down, but only the best parts of the immune response are left. And when you give a booster, those best parts are the ones that are re-stimulated, and that gives you very long-lived immunity. Now, a really important thing about the booster vaccine is that it only contains the spike protein messenger RNA. So that means you only make an immune response about that. And it means you can get a wider protection against all the different spike proteins and all the different variants of COVID-19 are making. I think everyone in your audience is aware we've heard about beta, delta, Omicron, Omicron B1, B2, B4, B5, now coming out of South Africa. This mm. virus is a bat virus and it's changing all the time. So what the scientists have made as a, as a boost of the booster vaccine it really focuses the immune system on just that part. And that gives you means that you'll be more protected against all the different variants. If you get infected with, with the virus, like COVID-19, like Omicron, the trouble is there's many other parts to the virus and the virus confuses the immune system, makes it makes immune response to all sorts of different things. And you don't make such a strong immunity to the other variants of the virus because the virus is always changing slightly. So the booster is the best way to get protected against as many of the variants as possible. And it's really important that everyone gets it. It's the only way you can be protected against Omicron because, yeah, it's the only way you can be protected against Omicron's variants at the moment. So I really tell, if anyone's listening, go and get your booster because before the variants get to you. And getting a natural infection is not as good. Of course, of course. Thank you for that, Professor. I, I do well, I, I do have one more question that uh, just pop out into my mind, but it's, it's in regards towards COVID-19. Why is, my question is, why is, why is it, why have we been, a, why has science been able to find 
or to find a way of eradicate this virus. Why have they or why haven't they? Sorry, why, just, haven't, they? why haven't they? We we need time, honestly. <laughs> right. <laughs> this virus is just really spread so quickly as in so many millions of people. It's just very hard to knock it out. It can infect mice. It can infect cats. You know, it can it's it can shape shift and go into different forms. And so, it, you know, like there's a whole lot of people in South Africa who have HIV or AIDS, and they're immune suppressed and they cannot get rid of the virus. And so, this virus can live around, and it's very hard to get rid of it completely because it just is moving and changing all the time at the moment. We don't have a really good vaccine yet that can get all the different variants really well. And that's another reason. Now, I know you're young and you say, why haven't we got rid of it? It's only two years. Normally it takes 20 years to make a really good vaccine that can get rid of the virus. So give us a couple more years and I think there'll be much better vaccines and then we'll get rid of this virus or all the different variants. But to be quite honest, this virus, this bat virus, this is the first time it's infected human beings. We're only still learning about what it does. Long COVID, it infects our hearts. It does all sorts of different things. We're only just learning that now. It's very difficult right. to do. Of course. And I mean, to be honest, the, the fact that we already, I mean, the world has found out a vaccine in two years is incredible. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. Because look what happened when the virus first came, as all those people in Italy were dying, the people in China were dying, and the only way they had was just to close down and, and just stay in your room. And that, that's not survivable over a year. You've got to eat as you go to work and things like that. So we're lucky we have the vaccine to get econo economic life again. Of course, of course. Right. Well, thank you so much, Professor. I will... I will pass it to Rata, who um, have a couple of questions for you. Thank you so much, um, Han. Thank you so much, Graham. Um, I've been really interested about everything you've been saying about um, your immune system and immunology. Um, I was really interested also, you say that um, getting a booster is better for you um, than having, um, you know, the real thing of having um, COVID-19. But I was wondering if you do get COVID, um, do you actually need to, and especially if you get COVID and you haven't been vaccinated, do you need to get a booster afterwards? Um, I, is there a point? I think it's very good because for the reason why you get immunity against all the other variants beyond the one you've been infected with. The trouble with those infections, they play with our immune system and really try to minimize and, and the virus knows how to get around it, whereas the vaccine really stops that. Now, I didn't ask Juan's question. Is the booster dangerous? Are there any extra side effects of the booster? No, there are not. It's no different. If you react to okay with the first shot and the second shot, the booster is exactly the same. No difference. I should have said that before. Um, some people have reacted with really sore arms or they get really dizzy and have to go and lie down and they can't do their exams and study for their exams anymore. If that happens, you know, it tends to get a bit better as time goes on. But, you know, there's other vaccines out there you can have if you get really, really sick and have a different, and it won't stop the vaccination. It's always around the spike protein. Thank you. That's fantastic. It's really, really good to know. Um, so do you know how long um, immunity does last after you get COVID then? And can you get it more than once? Yeah, well, we do worry about that. Now, you're young and strong and your immunity will probably last the longest, but I'm old and grey. And one thing that we do worry about is in the people over 60, 
that when they get boosted or they're vaccinated, the, vaccine, only, the immunity only lasts, we know that normally for about half the time or for a year or so. So it may be that we, people like me, have to be boosted next year. Now, people stress about this because we can measure antibodies in the blood and we say, oh, the antibodies are going down. But there's these lovely immune cells that live in the lung and live in the bone marrow. Once you've made them from your booster, they just sit there and they're just waiting for the virus and they'll just thump it next time it comes. So it could be that in people like you, young people like you, it lasts a good long time. But we're trying to work very hard on vaccines that make longer lived immunity in everyone. That's really, really interesting. Thank you so much for explaining that, Graham. Um, really appreciate that. Um, so do you think um, then by the sounds, it's, it's, to me, it sounds a little bit like um, in older people, especially COVID could become more sort of like the flu, something you need to be regularly um, injected yeah. and stuff like that, regularly vaccinated against. Yeah, um, exactly. What a pain. And there's enough jabs going into her arms. And so one of the things that they're doing to make it easier, both for children and also young people and old, is combine perhaps the flu vaccine with the COVID vaccine. Because it's no fun having to go and find someone, get some jab in your arm, blah, blah, blah. And uh, they're also trying to find different ways to take the vaccine, whether you get a little shot up the nose or something like that. But in general, it's best to just have a booster vaccine. Now, yeah, I think at the moment, it's still early days with this virus. One of the things we're really worried about, will a new variant of the virus come along that can bypass all the vaccine? So far, nothing has emerged. But this COVID-19 virus is quite capable of mixing with other viruses, like a flu virus and things like that. And who knows? So we're just watching all the time. And that's why the WHO is monitoring all the time. And they're always collecting samples from people who are being infected and just checking out, what does the variant look like? Is this a worry? And so far, nothing's emerged. It's amazing. All over the world, all the different infections are being monitored to make sure no new nasty, nasty variant is coming at us. Oh, that's really, really incredible. Thank you so much for explaining. Um, wow, uh, really, really interesting. Um, so with all that in mind, I think, um, how do you recommend, um, if there are any recommendations you can think of, that um, we should help protect ourselves and prepare ourselves for, um, for all sorts of diseases, especially like the flu and other things like that to come away? Is there anything we can do that's really um, help boost our immune system and that sort of thing? I know I get asked this question because I wish we could just eat away to have a better immune system. The only way to make a better immune system against a specific bug is to actually get vaccinated. That's the sad thing. Now, look, there are some people who actually have got problems with their gut. They can't take food very well. They could be iron deficient and, that, and their immune system won't perform as well. And there's some people who are born with rare genetic mutations and some they may, may be missing some part of their immune system. And, and so they need to have additives. Having, can I say this, having a, a normal amount of sunlight, so have a bit of sunlight, so don't just completely hide away, eat well, sleep well. Everyone, I know it's really hard when you're young because it's so exciting to be young and go and go to parties and meet everyone, but try and sleep well. That's the one thing your immune system does need. So get a good eight hours sleep or six hours sleep, a nice sleep, and don't drink too much. That's the other thing. Don't drink too much. Thank you. That's incredible. I will hopefully follow all your advice. I'm going to be really, really protected against um, against all the diseases. Thank you. Uh, I think I'll, uh, those are all my questions. It was really, really interesting to know. So I'll pass over to you, Kodrin. Thank you so much, Graham. Really, really appreciate it. <laughs>
Thank you, Rata. And thank you, Professor Graham. That was good advice. I'm not sure about not drinking too much. We'll listen to the young people. <laughs> or they have to create something else, maybe, to keep them <laughs> in the mood. But I have some good questions as well from you. Maybe these questions, you may like them or not. It's more common questions that come from a community on Browder when talk about it. They There's questions is a kind of like common. People worry about the vaccinations which yeah. this come from two different uh, experience. The older generations, they would say, why like um, this particular virus have developed quickly, uh, we find a vaccine for it. While previous viruses, there was needed more time on that. Is it more related to science and technology or there's something else in this virus? Okay, very good question. There's been a lot of concern that maybe the vaccines may be made too quickly and people want to see 10, 20 years of the vaccine going into other people, you know, before they take it. They were like that. Wouldn't we all like to see something tested for 10 to 20 years in other people? Now, because the pandemic was so much going around the world so quickly and everything was so much and people were dying, they did do some really amazing things. They just got so much money, mainly from the US government, and they did clinical trials much quicker than they normally did. They got 60,000 people who volunteered to put their arms up and get vaccinated between the ages of 18 and 60. And so the clinical trials were done much quicker than they normally do. But you should, everyone should know this. The vaccine has been being tested and built for the past 20 years. It's quite interesting. There's been scientists trying to make vaccines against these uh, SARS or these, these coronaviruses for many years. And there's been a lot of work trying to make messenger RNA vaccines against cancer for many years. And so when COVID came along, they go, oh, I think we can do this. We have to do it much faster because the virus is going around the world so quickly. Let's use that technology. So they took a jump, but the technology is really quite old. It's been well worked through. There's been a rabies vaccine made by messenger RNA for quite a long time already. It's been going, but not many people get rabies anymore, but actually that's a messenger RNA vaccine. So that's comforting to know. It's just that, this is the first time it's been rolled out so quickly and so extensively across so many people. But I can tell you, we thank, we have to thank these scientists. About 10 years ago, they made a breakthrough on how to make the spike protein vaccine. So it's really quite an old vaccine, just we didn't know about it. That's awesome to know. Another common question is, is for those people who have another health conditions, yeah. or like previous health conditions, how much they should like uh, not really worry about the vaccine. Is there any concerns if they take the vaccines and with their health conditions? So this has been monitored all the time. And of course, when there were 60,000 people, people have asthma, people have allergy, people who are pregnant, people who didn't realize they're pregnant, they all got the vaccine. And then they go, oh my goodness, they got the vaccine. And then they look to see, and they see those people are okay. There are people who with an overreactive immune system like allergies or arthritis, and they looked at those people and they saw, even though there's thousands of them, they didn't get worse off when they got the vaccine. So that really can't. But then there's these very rare people, very special people who have a really peculiar immune system, like one in a million immune systems. And when they got the vaccine, they can overreact in some ways. And we are trying to identify those people. And, and because, you know, when you have a million people, we're all so diverse. There's always someone who's always out there and there's really special diseases. And so 
the more we do that, the more the vaccine goes around, we're finding out there's some areas we have to pay some attention to. And sometimes if you have an immune deficiency and you don't respond to the vaccine, you think you're safe against the virus and you go around, you go to parties, you go and travel and you get the virus infection and you get really, really sick. That's also very dangerous. And so that's a problem we have to try and find out. How do we know that people have uh, safely made a good immune response? We have no way of knowing that at the moment. That's great. So another question is related more into kids. So how safe is vaccines for the kids in general? And what age you would recommend? Is it? Uh, it's going down to five. Oh, those little kids, they're fine. They're <laughs> fine. <laughs> but they last. Always, usually you, you do the middle-aged people you test first. Then they got to the older ones because they're the ones that get really sick from the virus. And then because the kids spread the virus everywhere but don't seem to get so sick so much, mainly because they don't have the receptors for the virus. That's the interesting thing. The children, their bodies are a little bit different. They don't have as many receptors for the virus. The virus can't grow in them quite as much as it can in the adults. And so they've started tests in America. They've done tests in the teenagers and then down to the five-year-olds. So at the moment, down to five years old, the vaccine is proving very, very safe. So that's really good news. And so that's been done with tens of thousands of children now. So that's why it got rolled up and approved here in New Zealand. It's been rolled out and approved around the world. Now, we have to remember, we've been very lucky in New Zealand because we've had a very expensive vaccine bought for us by the government. It's proven very safe in kids, very safe in adults, etc. There are other vaccines around the world that haven't been through the same, quite the same things. And so... There's a lot of people, and we've got to try and make the good vaccines out to everywhere. That's awesome. And yes, I think we are lucky because there's a lot of vaccine and trying to encourage people to get vaccinated. Well, so there's some other countries, they have to be vaccinated. Yeah. <laughs> With only that vaccine, and it may not work quite as well as well, yeah. That's right. So I'm just worrying about time. You're coming around the end of the time. Yeah, I hope yeah. It was really cool in conversation went fast there's a few another three minutes from your time and i will ask tim do you have any other questions otherwise i can go for last question so i guess one. i guess I, I do have one question for uh before before we go and is uh dr graham do you um, from all the research that you have found so far and what all the time you have spent working with COVID-19, what's one amazing thing that you have found about this virus? Ooh, it's a tricky virus. It is really a tricky virus. I tell you, it hasn't finished with us yet. I suppose the amazing thing is that when it infects us, it really is so sneaky. It, it's only very rarely, I'm quite impressed with the way it, it, it's managed to find a way to infect us that it doesn't really stimulate our immune system when we do a natural infection. It's really crazy how sneaky the virus is. You know how you hear about HIV and AIDS virus? That's also a very sneaky virus. It has a way of infecting it. It doesn't expose its most vulnerable parts. This virus also is like that. It's just so sneaky. It doesn't show its its vulnerabilities very, very quickly changes around and gets inside the cell and doesn't expose itself. And I think it's been very good that scientists have found a way to 
lock on the way, the most vulnerable part to make a vaccine. And that, that's been the most interesting thing for me. And wow, that's, that's really incredible. Thank you so much, Professor. Yeah. Cool. Thank you, Juan, as well, for your question. On that note, uh, Professor Graham, how, as a young generation, we should be worried about the future? Oh, gee. <laughs> I, look, I, I feel for you guys and girls and everyone. Um, it's, what, what are we doing to this world? Are we having wars? <laughs> you know, what's going on there? Is <laughs> this pandemic? But then the nice thing is, is this, one of the troubles is we have this well, good things is we have this lovely globalized community and we're trying to make a better place and we're trying to feed everyone and try to care for everyone. And one trouble is that makes us very susceptible to these pandemic viruses. And so we have to be aware, we have to actually pay attention and have facilities for making sure that we can protect against infections of the future. And I think we have to, you need to beat on the doors of the government, look after us, and for our future and make better vaccines. That's awesome ending. Thank you so much. And yes, that's the why. And I think when we have a, like um, people like you and other institutes who are working for those kind of research, that it help and make us peace of mind that this already work is in process done. So we need from government to encourage. And I need you guys to come and work for me. That's what it's <laughs> <laughs> Yes, <laughs> definitely. So people who you are listening now, you know, where to go if you are interested in this subject because we need to continue for future. It's very, uh, now we, I think uh, the COVID-19 have teach us, everyone who have a knowledge or not, that how important is the health and how important to invest in this uh, sector, especially the science and knowledge to toward the future, to be ready, you know? So, because we are in a world that diseases common things, which we back to the uh, Spanish flu or we call from the, but I think, we are in a better world for the young generation, technology and science, and the people willing to take care of humanity. So I think yes. it will be cool. I have hope for the future. Love yes. the people. <laughs> Thank you, Professor Graham. We are kind of coming to in. If you have any other last message words for you. Uh, I, I think you gave me the right message. Uh, be hopeful for the future. Learn your studies and love everyone. Thank you. Aroha is the answer. Thank you so much. We appreciate you, Tom. And thank you for my colleagues, uh, Juan Rata, for co-hosting this amazing episodes and for the lovely audience. Watch and follow our social medias if you want to know who is our coming next guest and also listen to this episodes on Access Wellington Access Radio and also in our main page, Facebook. Thank you for listening and tell you Kiora goodbye if it's day or evening you're listening cheers bye bye
That program was brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Get your voice heard. Thanks New Zealand On Air for funding accessmedia.nz.